Okay. Hi, everybody. My mic on? We good? Yay. So excited about uh, the series that we've been in and uh, all that God is doing at Heart Church. Uh, I want to mention as well that we do um, have a powerful prayer ministry here, and I know that there are a lot of needs going on, and, uh, and we pray for those needs every single week. Uh, a lot of times we'll send out a text chain even and just get prayer warriors going. How many know prayer works? And so um, if you have a need and uh, you haven't let us know about it and you'd like us to lift you up in prayer this week, there is a booth right outside, just a table that has a little area where you can write a prayer request and put it in there and, uh, and we, will, we will tackle that this week. Good? Well, um, let's dive into the third week of Be Transformed. We could get that up on the screen if the screens are still working. I feel like they just turned off on us. There we go. Hey, can we just uh, recognize the people behind the scenes that make this happen? Um, won't, I, won't say, I won't say your name, Ty. It's not going to happen. But um, anyway, uh, super excited about today. Genesis chapter 12 is where we're going to be. Uh, kind of as I've done in the last couple weeks, I'm gonna just going to read like a long passage, and it's really like a story that's unfolding. And then we're going to spend the next few minutes tackling this story. This God really gave me this, this passage. I don't think I've ever preached from this passage before, but it really is kind of a cool thing. So starting in uh, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, it says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great. Verse 4, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from there. Verse 7, then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to your descendants, I will give this land. Everyone say land. It's a big deal in this story. And there he built an altar to the Lord. And verse 10, now there was a famine in the land. So there's a progression. God says to Abraham, get out of your country, your, your comfort spot, and, I, and move. So he moved. He lands in a spot. God says, I'm going to give you this spot. And then, and then hardship comes by way of a famine that happens in the land. And so Abram, verse 10, went down to Egypt to dwell there. Now that was a train wreck of a decision. And if you read the next 10 verses, you'll see that it did not go well and uh, he had to get out of there. And then verse 1 and 13 says, Then Abraham went up from Egypt after like almost selling his wife, saying that she was his daughter. And it was just like a brutal mistake by Abram's part. And all the people in the room that have ever made a mistake, made a mistake, said, Amen. So thankful that I'm not the only one, the father of our faith. Big mistake. So he goes up from Egypt and he and his wife and all that he had and Lot went with him the south. Verse 3, and he went on his journey from the south as far as Bethel to the place where his tent had been at the beginning. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. We keep reading in verse 5 of chapter 13, Lot also went with Abram, had flocks, herds, and tents. Now the land was not able to support that many herds and flocks. Verse 8, So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me. Everybody look here. Abraham and Lot were doing this. And frankly, this was sort of the synopsis of their relationship the whole time. Just friction, not a good connection. So Abraham said, Please let there be no strife between you and me, verse 8, and between my herds and your herdsmen. This is verse 9. Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I'll go to the right. Or if you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. Verse 14, And the Lord said to Abraham, After Lot had separated from him, lift up your eyes now and look from the place where you are north south, east, west, for all the land which you see, I give to you and to your descendants. Father God, I thank you for this incredible story that you give us as 
a picture of a journey that you have for us. And as we come across hardship and things in our lives and Jesus, sometimes we feel stunted. Sometimes we feel stuck. Sometimes we, we feel like we hit a glass ceiling. And God, I thank you that in 2023, you're calling us past that in this place of transformation. Lord, not just transforming our circumstances, but us on the inside out. And so, God, would you renew our mind today? Would you give us the mind of heaven? And we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, anybody in the room who, who owns a house or live in a house ever have rodent problems? Rats, mice in the garage. Anybody have it in your car? So about a year and a half ago, we had some major rodent problems. And, you know, um, it started out in the garage. And so we called a place and they're like, yeah, you know, you got to clean it out. And you got to make sure that there's no, you know, uh, uh, poop or urine smell because they like to get attracted to that. So I'm like, you know, deep clean the garage, right? We should be good. Well, a year and a half ago, if you ever came over to our house in the evening and sat in our backyard, then you'll know, Crystal, you know, that um, every once in a while, quite frequently actually, that you'd see the rats running along our fence. Kind of an extension of our, our farm that we have. And, and, and it was clear that we didn't fix the problem, right? Deep clean the garage. Didn't fix the problem. So I get rat traps. We put those on the fence line. Well, that's where they're running. So of course, so, you know, if you've ever laid rat traps, you know that you catch a few and then they outsmart you, right? So I did like, I even did like the peanut butter and then you put like a piece of dog food in the peanut butter. I like YouTube the whole thing, I know. And, and you put it in the peanut butter so they, so they have to like, you know, anyway, they outsmarted that whole thing. And before long, I had a bunch of rat traps fully loaded and then by morning they're all gone with the food's all gone and there's no rats. So I still have a major problem. So I call the rodent place and I'm like, I need you guys to come out and bring your boxes. I tried my best, can't do it. So they set these boxes, right? And the rodent goes in and eats it and I'm sure it's totally humane, but they're still killing them. So anyways, so anyway, they put these boxes around and I start having problems with my car. They get in my truck, right? $500 worth of damage to whatever they ate in there. And so I get like the spray. If you get the spray that you, anyway, it doesn't work. So I lift the lid and there's like rat poop on my engine. I clean it off, right? Spray it down, come back, more rat poop. I'm like, I'm losing my mind. I cannot figure out why can't I get rid of these stupid things. So anyway, they add more rodent things, the boxes, right? Add them in the front. I put one under my truck. Still getting in there. So I call a guy and I'm like, I'm about to drop you guys because I'm spending $50 a month and I still have rats. And they're like, well, who in and Han? Well, you know, we'll go out and make sure, right? They came out, no, the boxes are working just fine. And I'm like, this is my last call I'm making. I'm not spending any more money. You guys are not doing your job. And so they say, let me ask you a question. Do you happen to have bougainvilleas at your house? And I look around. Matter of fact, we have four gigantic bougainvilleas. They're big, big bushes. They're beautiful. And then they say, and do you have any of those really tall, ugly palm trees? They didn't say ugly. Actually, as a matter of fact, I have the largest palm tree in San Diego, I think, in my front yard. It's got one of those with the beard, you know, because I never trim it. And they're like, okay, well, you're never going to get rid of the rodents until you get rid of your bougainvilleas and your palm trees because that's where they live and they love it. So needless to say, we uproot the bougainvilleas, we cut down the palm tree, no rats. No, 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 no rats anymore at my house. They were all over the bougainvilleas. I mean, rat infested. They were, they were just gross. So my house is officially crystal, officially clean. You can come over now. And it's, there's no more rodents. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise up in the house of the Lord. Oh my gosh. What a great picture for where we're going though. 
I know, you're like, how is this he going to resurrect this? I don't know. The truth is we all strive for an anxiety-free, peace-filled life where God leads us to peaceful streams and green pastures. This place where there is no rodents. And yet, time and time again, we find ourselves with unwanted guests. Guests of anxiety, guests of fear, guests of unforgiveness, things that that keep us from moving forward. And so have you ever felt like you've tried a lot of things in your life only to circle back around to sort of like the same root issues? Like I can't get past these certain things and I've tried, but I'm sort of going in circles. And so what do we do? We move. That's what we do. Because in this process of me getting rid of the rodents, I look to my neighbors and I say, do you guys have rodents? The answer is no. I went over next door. Hey, you guys struggling with rodents? No, we're actually not. Other side, are you guys struggling? No. You know what I concluded? It's the neighborhood. It's the neighborhood. And so maybe if I just leave my job, right? Maybe it's my, maybe it's my girlfriend or my spouse, right? Maybe it's, maybe I just need to leave California altogether because maybe I just need to leave where I am. And that's the, that's the answer to overcome and be a different person. I just need to, to start over. Maybe I just, maybe it's my church. Maybe, yeah, I'm just not getting along with those people. Maybe it's a circle of, of people that I'm, you know, connected with. I just need to, I need a new picture and that's going to solve anything. So you know what we do? We uproot our bougainvilleas and our palm tree and we take them to the new house and we plant them. And we go, why do I still have rodents? I moved neighborhoods. I changed my circle. I changed my job right? I got a new thing going and yet still I'm bumping up against the same things. Anybody with me? Anybody tried to change your outside circumstances only to realize wherever you are, there you are. I know, I'm blowing your mind right now. I'm like putting on the glasses like, whoa, right? Wherever you go, you're still there. And so I guess what I'm suggesting today is that God wants to lead us to a place where we look in the mirror and realize that there are some things that are stunting our growth and designed to keep us stuck. And God wants to uproot those things because sometimes maybe the rodents aren't the problem. Maybe the real problem's hiding in plain sight, but we've just come so accustomed to the bougainvillea and the ugly palm tree that we're like, no, surely that's not the problem. And we're looking at everything else. And God wants to illuminate us and open up our eyes to see some things from our past. Some things that people have said over us. Some mindsets that we've had that have caused us to be stuck. And I just believe 2023 is a place of breakthrough. Anybody with me? We're going to new places as people, as a church, as a couple. I believe that your finances are going to a new place. Your, 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 uh, amen, I, I receive that. Your, 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 your ministry and your, the future for what God has for you, new places. We're not just going to circle the drain. We're going to new heights. And in order to do that, I believe that God has a word for us. It's time to leave some things behind. I believe in the concept of entering a new year fresh as best as we can. I'm not going to drag 2022 into 2023. I'm not going to drag the garbage of what was back there. Now, some awesome things that happened. I'm going to bring those. But there's some baggage. And maybe the baggage didn't originate in 2022. Maybe it originated in 2010 or 2013 or either further back than that but you've just never dealt with it because you've just grown accustomed to driving up and seeing the bougainvilleas and the palm tree and going, yeah, that's, that's my front yard. That's what it looks like. And God wants you to tackle some of those things today. So I want to look at this story. This is possibly one of the most significant stories in all of the Old Testament. 
Uh, because if you believe the Bible is historically accurate, then this is the story where we get the physical land of Israel, which is pretty cool because Israel is very significant. The actual land and the nation. And this story is kind of where it all comes from. Uh, before Moses, before Joshua, before the 12 spies, Abram. Before he was even Abraham is Abram. And Genesis chapter 12 and 13 is where it all comes together. And so I have a map that uh, is actually on the front of my Bible. Um, if you ever, I don't know if you guys ever geek out on the maps in the back of the Bible. Anybody? I don't either. I just happened to look because of this passage and I'm like, wow, literally um, it says, uh, yeah, the world of the patriarchs. And this is the pathway of Abraham. And so I want you to take a look because the land is significant. So he starts in Ur, which is the bottom right. And then he goes up to Haran. And in Genesis chapter 12, he speaks to Abram at Haran, which is the very top that you see. And then you see the blue line and he goes down to the middle where it says Damascus and then down to Bethel. And Bethel is where he lands and then he has a famine. Oh, shoot, we've got some problems. The rats are infesting. We need, we need to do something. Maybe what we need to do is move. And so he goes down to Egypt, which is the bottom. And there he makes some humongous mistakes. And then he goes back to Bethel. And I want you to see the significance of this moment because Abraham, Abram almost misses the whole deal. Um, but God speaks to him. And so go to the next slide. The significance of this whole deal, because, you know, Haran and Bethel and, right, all these names don't really ring a bell to us today, geographically. But what we're looking at is the nation of Israel. And so if you see or look closely, right uh, uh, next to Hebron is the Dead Sea. And then you go follow that above it, right above Bethel, and that's the Sea of Galilee. That is the nation of Israel. And when God brought Abram to Bethel, he was right about where the Temple Mount is, give or take a couple miles. That's where he was standing. Well, that, that wasn't the nation of Israel. Certainly wasn't the Temple Mount. But he was standing there and God was speaking to him about something very profound. Very profound that we are enjoying today. Right? Almost 4,000 years ago. And God's speaking to Abram about this land but Abraham, Abram almost misses it. And yet he goes back to Bethel and there he builds an altar to the Lord and God speaks to him. And he draws a line in the sand and he says, I've dealt with this my whole life. And in 2023, it stops. Because I can't move forward the way that God wants me to unless I deal with it. And so in Genesis chapter 13, verse 8, right after Abram builds an altar at Bethel, after making the mistake of his life in Egypt, he goes back to Bethel and he says, God, speak to me because I need to move forward very next thing that Abram does, which is an indicator of what God spoke to him, is seen in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 8. It'll be up on the screen. So Abraham said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me and between my herdsmen and yours, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. There's some things that you need to separate yourself from and say, no, my future doesn't have you in it. My first idea is this, name your unwanted guest. Name it. He did. Lot. Name it. 
The truth is, this wasn't a new revelation for Abram. And most of the time, it's not to us either. Most of the time, God doesn't have to drop something in our heart that we've never thought of or didn't know is there. And for Abram, he knew. God already spoke to him. He was just finally willing to look at it and name it. And we know that because in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says this. Now the Lord said to Abram, remember he was up at the top of the map, and he says, get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house. Well, Lot was Abram's son-in-law, family. And God says, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot came with him. Aren't you thankful today that we're not the only ones that are stubborn? We're not the only ones that make justifications. We're not the only ones that just kind of like, yeah, we pretty much follow you, Lord. But yeah, this is okay, right? So Abraham goes on this journey and Lot comes along. Lot was like a household name to Abram. I don't think Abram probably knew what it was like to live without this young man, his herds, his people. Like he brought strength to the family and they traveled together. And often, so often the things in our life, the very things holding us back, they not only become tolerated, but it's almost like they're a safety net for us. Things that we grow accustomed to in our lives. And we know how to live with those things and we don't necessarily know how to live without them. I wrote this. There are things planted in your mind and heart designed to keep you stuck looking backward. And that's where the Lord, I, I mean, if you see my notes, you guys, like I wrote all over this. I scribbled them. I redid the slides like four times this morning because I was really, I was really torn with what direction to go because I really felt like the Lord gave me this word for us and, and just at the last moment, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to focus on the places that we are stuck looking behind. Because the truth is, there's a lot of areas where we could say, oh, I probably don't need that in 2023. I probably don't need this. And I don't know if maybe that's a friend group that you have or thoughts in your mind, a mindset. Maybe that's like some, you know, actual things in your life that aren't helpful. And those are good places to start. But I felt like the Lord said, so many of us are trying to look forward, but we're seeing through the lens of what's behind Things that happen to you, failures that you walked out in your life, issues, dynamics that's created a mindset, it's created the way that you see the future. Regrets. And I felt like the Lord said, it's time to look at that thing and name it. What is it? What is it for you? What is your lot? What are the reasons why you look back and you go, I, I, don't, I, can't see, I can't see my life looking forward without having that running in the background. It's always there. It defines who I am, how I see myself, how I see the world, how I see relationships. It's the reason why I'm, why I play it safe. It's the reason why I'm a little guarded. It's the reason why I like to control things. All of this comes from, well, just look back there. I mean, you want to know why somebody's the way they are? Just have them explain to you what they've been through. And, and that's normal. And it's okay. And it doesn't mean that all this goes away, but it does mean God's saying to us today, I want to take you, us, me and you to a new place. And there are things about your past you have to let go. And it starts with looking at it and naming it. It's not just like, well, I'll just move on from my past. No, I actually want you to turn around. I want you to see it. I want you to name it 
Because that's what happened to Abraham when he stopped with Lot, with, with the Lord. And he said, God, what is it? Because, because I, I don't want to go in circles anymore. I don't want to miss what you have for me. I'm standing at the cusp of the promised land. And God was like, God, I'll let go of something. His name is Lot. What is yours? So watch what uh, Abram does. Uh, uh, my, my next point is this. Let it go and look up. So you need to look at it and you need to name it. The next idea is you need to let it go and look up. And this letting go is super profound. And I love the way that Abraham kind of digs into this. Um, he says, uh, is not the whole land before you talking about Lot? Please separate from me. Please, I just love the courtesy. Like, please, please would you separate from me? If you go to the left, then I'm going to go to the right. And if you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. Now you realize that at the time, and the Bible says this, if we read it a little bit more, that, that at the mo- in that moment, the way that, that uh, it was to, to Sodom and Gomorrah was beautiful. And it was green. And then the other way was kind of desert, which was now what you now know is Israel kind of looking at uh, Jerusalem. And God says to Lot, you choose. Now this is a ridiculous thing for Abram to do. Why? Well, because he's the father of the nation. He's Abram. He's the guy that God's speaking to. He's the guy that God says, I will give you this land. He didn't speak that to Lot. So for Lot to get, for, for Abraham to give Lot this preference is so out of character to what you and I would do. You know what it is? It's God saying, it's Abram saying to God, I trust you. And Lot, you don't have power over me anymore. So you can go whatever direction you want to go. And when I go the other direction, I'm going to be blessed. Lot, I don't need you to do something for me for me to be free. Some of us are waiting for somebody to say, I'm sorry. Somebody to treat us differently. For the, 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 the hurts to be course corrected. So that we can move forward. Can I just tell you, whatever it is that you're waiting for, for them to say, wouldn't bring healing anyways because they're probably not mature enough to say what you need to hear. And so Abram says, Lot, I don't need you to do something for me for me to be blessed. I would have said, Lot, you're out of here. You shouldn't have been on this journey anyways. This inheritance isn't yours, so you're getting the desert and I'm going to get the oasis. You know that where that would have taken Abram? Sodom and Gomorrah, the world system. Lot chose the world's way. And Abram said, I'll go the other way. I'm good. Whatever you choose, I'm going to go the other way. Release. It's, it's us saying, I'm not in control of me anymore. I don't need to figure it all out. I don't need to, to make sure that everything is going to be good for me to move forward. I'm going to throw up my hands and say, you know what? I didn't have control in the first place. And so God, I surrender to you because you're going to heal me. You're going to save me. You're going to move me forward. You're going to set me free. It's not law. I don't need somebody else to do something for me. I don't need the circumstances to change for me. In fact, go do whatever you want. God's got me. God's coming. That's what it looks like for us to move forward from our past is to say, I'm okay leaving it there. And nothing needs to happen for me to move forward in healing and wholeness and blessing. If they come back and say, I'm sorry. Okay. I appreciate that. But I don't need them to. Anybody hearing me? You no longer have power over me. We struggle to let go because letting go means releasing control. 
So we say, I'll let go if. I can move forward if. What's your if? You're stuck because they won't or because that happened and you can't change it. What you don't see is that it has become the lens you see your future through. And I'm here to announce that God's going to give you a new lens that's untainted by the things that you've been through, the things you've done, the things that people have done to you, untainted by your past, free to see into your future. It's a life that's free. It's a, it's a land that's, that's it's a broad place for you to live. That's what God has for you. So God is saying today, it's time to let go. I love Philippians chapter three, verse 13. It'll be up on the screen. Brothers, I don't consider myself to have, to have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call. The upward call. This is where God's calling you and me in 2023 is it's upward. It's upward. He's not saying, hey, quit being an idiot. Quit failing. Quit my not being perfect. I need you to be better. No, he's saying, I have an upward call for you. It starts here in your mind to begin to see things untainted by your past. The limitation of your past is what you're leaving behind. It acts as a glass ceiling for you. And God's saying, it's time to let go. And it's time to look up. So what happens next? He let go. And then it says in Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. And the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated. Okay, come on. I need you to hear this because this is, this is really profound. As soon as he said Lot, we're done. I'm not going to allow you to control my life anymore. I'm not going to allow you to impact the way I see myself. I'm not going to allow you to impact the way that I see new relationships moving forward. I'm free from all that. At the moment that he said that, God spoke to him and said, lift up your eyes now. Now lift up your eyes. After you have identified it, looked it in the face and said, okay, I see you. I'm going to name you. And then I'm going to say, okay, God, I'm releasing this. I'm releasing control of it. I'm trusting you, God. Then God says, now you get to see different. Look up. Look up. Can you imagine a world without that thing? Have you guys named it? Are you with me? Can you imagine a world without that thing? Moving forward, God wants you to imagine it because I'll tell you what, it's better than you possibly could imagine. Who you are and who God's making you to be is so much greater than you've been able to imagine because you've been carrying this garbage. And he's saying, I'm cutting that off because I want you to be given to see how I see you. You're not tainted, you're not broken, you're not insufficient, you're not insecure, you're not bound by fear or regret or shame. That's not who you are, but it's who you've been. And so today, look up. Some of you, some of you are going to be like, oh my gosh, I, I feel like I have like a new start in life. I feel like I have more energy. For the first time, I'm waking up and I have like some hope. And it's not because I moved from my neighborhood. It's not because I changed my job. It's not because this person or that person did something for me. None of that changed. And I woke up this morning and I looked up and I went, I feel like I have breath in my lungs. Anybody with me? This is 2023, but it doesn't come by you just, you know, reading some scriptures and trying to renew your mind. No, Lot has to go. 
when, um, when, I first, when we first planted this church, uh, it was a huge obstacle for me. And one of the reasons for that, and I've told this story a long time ago, most of you probably haven't heard it, but a long time ago, um, I really struggled with my communication. Really struggled. And, and there was a lot of fear in, in preaching. And so I did youth ministry. Heather and I both did youth ministry for a long time. And in youth ministry, first of all, you tell lots of stories. And, um, and then, you know, it's, it's not like you're preaching to adults every single week, right? It's not, it's not the same thing. And even then, when I did youth ministry, I created a preaching team. And so I would only preach maybe like once a month or once every other week. And I'd have other people fill in, which was really cool. And it was a cool model. The downside was the reason why I did it is because I didn't believe that I could communicate. I didn't believe I had it in me. I, very, I, I really struggled. And so I told people all the time, I'm called to full-time ministry my whole life. Heather and I were called. And she didn't really say that like it was, you know, her thing, but she was like, sure. I mean, we both love young people. And so we kind of like, yeah, sure. We'll just do you. And I started to admire all the youth pastors that were like 50 years old and they're still doing youth ministry. And I started to like make them so awesome because wow, I could see myself doing that. And it was this like noble cause for all the wrong reasons. Because deep inside, I knew that God was calling me to more than that. But I couldn't see past. I passed. And so what my future looked like was tainted. It was less. And God spoke to me about planting this church. Spoke to us. And, and it was a struggle internally for me to go, okay, Lord, I'm trusting that you're greater than my fear. What is it for you? Just running in the background. And you only notice it when you try to step out. God's been speaking to you guys about something. A step to take. And it comes up. No, you can't do that. You got to get into control. What if this and what if that? Well, you, don't, you don't have what it takes. Running in the background. Name it. Let it go. You don't control me anymore. I take authority over you. I don't walk in fear. I don't walk in insecurity. My past doesn't define me. I'm free. You're free. You are who God says you are. You're not who somebody else has defined you as. Some of you have been put in, put in a box by somebody else. This is your box you live in. See, isn't it nice? It's a nice little box. And that's the box you live in. And they've spoken that over you. And so you live in the box. What if Abram did that? Standing at the shore, at the, the edge of the promised land, what we know now is Israel. God said, Get out of the box. I need you to let go. I need you to move on. I need you to dream again. God's opening up some dreams for some of you in this place. Last idea is this. Build an altar. I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. Build an altar. Then Abram moved his tent and went and dwelt at the tabernacle tree in Miriam which are in Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. What I love about this is that he didn't build a memorial. He built an altar. And that might seem like semantics to you, but do you remember when the children of Israel crossed the Jordan River into the promised land, God said to Joshua, I want you to build a memorial. I want you to go and take stone upon stone, 12 stones representing the 12 tribes, and I want you to stack them 
the river. And that way when your, your children and your children's children and generations to come, they come and they look at those stones stacked on each other and they say, what's that, dad? They can say, come here, son. Let me tell you about when, when God delivered us. That's a memorial. It's powerful. But see, an altar, an altar is something completely, entirely different. See, a memorial says, look over there, son. Look at the memorial we built. It's amazing. But an altar is reflected in what's happening in heaven. If you have a, a picture of heaven in, in, in Revelation, it's the throne room of God. And in heaven, the throne room of God isn't in, over there. It's not in a it's not in a distant land or it's not kind of away and we all sort of face it. The throne room of heaven is right in the middle. And then you orient your whole life around it. And so whatever direction you're looking, you're facing the altar. I'm going to build my life around the altar. And so God says to Abraham, look to the east and look to the west and look to the north and look to the south. Why? It's because that's how you let go of Lot. You've oriented your life around this thing for way too long. What is it? It's affected you. It's defined you. It's held you back. And you've looked at it. This is, this is my lot. This is my past. This is the thing that, that's controlled me, that's hindered me. And I don't always sense it, but when I try to step out or when I try to believe, it's there. I can see it. And so, and so I've oriented my whole thing around it. And so Abraham, when he finally lets go, he builds an altar and he says, I'm going to orient my life around something different because that thing has controlled me long enough. And so I'm going to orient my life around the presence of the Lord. I'm going to orient my life around freedom. I'm going to orient my life around all that you have for me. And I thank you today, God, that you're breaking me free of all of that. And now I have an altar. I'm going to invite you to stand to your feet. This morning, I apologize, we've gone a little bit late, but this morning we're going to conclude with just a song of worship and we're going to take communion. And at this communion table is your altar. This is the place where you're holding in your hand, I've named it, I'm letting it go, and now I'm building an altar to saying, God, I'm different. I'm different now. And so we're gonna go into this song. And as we do, I just want you to make your way, grab your grape and your cracker, have a prayer and say, God, today, at the beginning of 2023, I'm driving a stake in the ground and saying, my life's orienting around you. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the pathway forward, Jesus. I ask that you'd speak to us. I ask you that you'd give us a moment with you at the altar. I pray there would be freedom and that there would be breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't know how say exactly how I feel and I can't begin to tell you what your love has meant I'm lost for words is there a way to show the passion in my heart can I express how truly great I think you are your my dearest friend Lord this is my desire to pour my love on you like oil upon your feet like wine for you to drink 
saying it's tied to your identity that when you wake up tomorrow morning or even when you leave here today how you think about yourself your limitations your fears your abilities the things that you feel like you can do or not do There's a glass ceiling that God is lifting. And that looks different for everybody, but I believe it's everybody, including myself. Places where you get down on yourself, get discouraged. I know I'm not the only one. Places when you get discouraged, 
filled with doubt, frustration. I'm not saying that you'll never be discouraged again. But I'm saying that there isn't going to be this giant thing from your past weighing you down. Because you're free. So name it. When it comes up, you look at it in the mirror and you say, no, you're not controlling me anymore. I'm not afraid anymore. My life is in the Father's hands today. So Father God, I thank you that you're transforming our mind, not just filling them with good thoughts, but setting us free from the weight of our past and propelling us into this future that you have. And so you're saying, look up. Look up, church. I have great things for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So good.